0: Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us today. Our guests today are Dan Doster and Jim Warner, and they are co-founders of a brand new company called Paper Water Bottle. Say that three times fast. Um, If you want to check out their website while we're talking with them, don't close this tab in your web browser. Open up a new tab and simply go to paperwaterbottle.com, and there you'll see their innovative products. I'm really excited because, you know, for many years on Go Green, Radio, we have talked about what a problem plastic beverage containers are in our country. Um, Even despite some of the most aggressive recycling efforts and efforts to make it easy to recycle plastic beverage containers, only about a third, actually less than a third, are recovered for recycling. And we know where the remainder of those plastic containers end up. They end up in landfills where they'll sit there for hundreds of years, uh, only to break down into who knows what, plastic shards. Probably not soil, that's for sure. Or they'll end up as litter, where ultimately they flow into storm drains and into uh, rivers and waterways and ultimately into the ocean. And we know what a problem that is. So today we're talking with Paper Water Bottle, um, their new company, and they're looking to upend this entire wasteful model. They've created an alternative beverage container that's not only made from compostable, certified compostable materials, but they're also not. Non-GMO verified. So, for all of our listeners who are really into the non-GMO movement, here is another great product that we're bringing to your attention. So, I want to start with Dan. Dan, you know, you've uh, you've got a really great concept going here. But before we talk about your new paper water bottle product, I'd like to kind of start at the beginning. Talk to us about how plastic beverage containers became so dominant in the beverage industry. What advantages do these types of bottles have over the material that used to be the industry standard, which was glass?
2: Well, uh, plastic, of course, um, uh, replaced glass and for a lot of different reasons, functional reasons and usability reasons. Uh, easier to um, uh, manage and easier to produce at the time than it was believed at the time uh, that that was a better alternative than glass. And, and, it, and it truly was uh, because at that time there was less awareness uh, as to um, uh, how using plastic uh, was actually going to end up uh, consuming a lot of energy and a lot of raw material and not really have an easy way to uh, return the product to the earth. So uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but it 's kind of outlasted its usefulness, so mm-hmm. it's time to move on to a better alternative
0: right and I know that glass is very heavy, and one of the things that was being considered um, besides you know the fact that glass can break and what have you is that it costs less to ship uh products that were placed in plastic versus glass and that was a big consideration when gas prices went through the roof the first time Um, and so I'm sure that had a lot to do with it as well so how does your product offer some of the same advantages that plastic offers over glass
3: well it it uh plastic versus glass um you know the advantages over glass and plastic, it provides the same barrier. It's, it's this, it provides paper water bottle provides a similar barrier that protects the contents physically. Uh, it's lightweight. it's able to be manipulated into different shapes and forms, easy to fill, and it's recyclable. But versus plastic and glass, paper water bottle is very transformational. It's sort of the next new genre of materials to be used. It still provides the protection that's required and needed. And now it does it at a, um, you know, at a point where it provides for compostability. So we're right. kind of going to that next level of value. And that is what do you do with it when it's, when it's used? And that type of benefit. Uh, is is what we consider very transformational, and is kind of the essence of helping save our planet.
0: Absolutely, and that's Jim Warner, co-founder and senior vice president of design for the company, Jim. Another question for you, let's talk about the raw materials in your product, and let's talk about the manufacturing process involved in creating uh, plastic beverage containers. And uh, before we go into your materials, let's Mm -hmm. talk about plastics. What exactly is a plastic bottle made of, and what are some of the byproducts of the manufacturing process?
3: Well, plastics, you know, it's, its basis is polymers and there's many different types of polymers out there, PET, HDPE, OOP, all different types of materials. And the properties that they have are very relevant to the contents. And the byproduct, interestingly, of um, of making plastic bottles is actually the plastic bottle itself. There certainly is the energy that goes into it, the energy it takes to... Uh, cut the steel, to be able to run the machines and equipment, uh, to fill and distribute and ship. But the really, the bigger byproduct of plastic production is the plastic itself. And then the question then is, is what is done with it?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and when we talk about, you know, byproducts, there's sort of a life cycle of that. You know, these polymers, are they're petroleum-based, correct? So, in order to actually, you know, acquire that piece of the raw material, there's drilling, the fracking, whatever it takes to get the petroleum out of the ground. Correct? I mean, you're not getting this from some other secondary petroleum source. Correct?
3: Yeah. Historically, plastics and polymers uh, used in packaging and products were one of the molecules of oil is petroleum-based, and it's all of it's a. It's a non-renewable resource, and the ability to get it, I mean, they're trying to innovate new ways to get more of it and deplete it more and more. So it's a problem that kind of creates more problems that creates more problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, And recently they've been trying to incorporate different types of oil molecules by using other materials, uh, such as organic materials.
0: Mm -hmm. But there's still a PET component as far as I understand, that's still petroleum-based, right? Even even these so quote-unquote plant bottles aren't all plants, right?
3: That's correct. There's mm-hmm. still a, it's a it's still a a petroleum-based, uh, and it's still a polymer. It's not mm-hmm. plant-based. It's polymer-based
0: you know one of the things i've been curious about because i never see plastic beverage containers that say they're made of plastic beverage containers usually when i see products that are made of plastic beverage containers it's something else um like a tote bag or a t-shirt or something like that um you know glass one of the great things about glass is that you just can keep reusing it and reusing it infinitum same thing with aluminum but um Plastic water bottles can't be made into new plastic water bottles, can they?
3: Well, there's there's a couple of life cycles uh, you can recycle polymer material. The thing is with most materials, it's, you know, you start with a virgin material which depletes mm-hmm. the most amount of, of natural resource. Then in the next generation when it's reused, it can't really be used for food contact, so you're relegated to Household products or other things. Mm-hmm. By the third generation, uh, you are relegated to being used for, you know, carpet fiber and jacket filler. And then by the fourth generation, you have to figure out what to do with it because it really doesn't have any commercial or viable reuse. Mm-hmm. So recycle doesn't mean infinite. It, there are only a number of steps and then at some point in time, it too is disposed of.
0: Right. And that's, I think, a very important point because recyclable doesn't mean what you said, that it it has an infinite lifespan. There is, at least with this particular product, at some point there is waste. And Dan, I think I heard you chime in. You wanted to say something there.
2: Well, just what you said, that that uh, we're not opposed to recycling. Recycling is a good thing, mm-hmm. um, but within, with an awareness that it's not, uh, it doesn't go on forever. So, Clearly, the the, uh, the better alternative uh, is to have something that's renewable, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to depleting the resource, and something that doesn't uh, it, that can be recycled. But that that's not the main event. The main event is that it's compostable.
4: Mm-hmm. So, if
2: it's renewable and compostable, then we're able to complete the cycle of of uh, having something that uh, we can feel good about that we're going to help. Uh, save the planet. Uh, it's it's truly a paper water bottle is an alternative that, uh, truly, uh, gives us a way to choose a better path. And, and that's why we're working on it. We we want to be a part of something that's better.
0: And I think, you know, there are a lot of our listeners who are very into creating zero waste communities. And so I think it's really important to highlight, um, a true path towards zero waste. And that's why I want to talk about comparing plastic beverage containers to your products. Let's talk about your raw materials and let's talk about the byproducts of your manufacturing process, Dan.
2: Well, so, uh, thank you. The raw materials include, um, uh, for the outer shell uh, of the bottle, uh, include bamboo, uh, sugarcane, uh, wheat straw, a blend of these, uh, other materials that are only now being tested, and and the point of that is really that, that um, they're all renewable. Uh, we're not using anything that would other by, otherwise be used as a food product. Uh, we're using elements of those uh, uh, plants that uh, really don't have another use, so the husks of sugarcane, uh, the, the straw from wheat straw, these parts would otherwise just uh, go back into the earth, which is a good thing. and We want to put them back into the earth. We just want to borrow them for a while and, and make them into a paper water bottle.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. And, and your manufacturing process, talk to us about that. Talk to us about how uh, it may differ from the manufacturing process of, say, a plastic beverage container.
2: Well, um, the, we have, um, our bottle is made up of, of an outer shell and um, an inner barrier. And so uh, a plastic bottle has those attributes as well. We just um, believe that the better way to do it is to have an outer shell made of pulp. And so uh, we call it a paper water bottle, but the reality is it's not paper per se, as you think of paper. It's a pulp material. So think more of paper mache kind of construct. Mm-hmm. Uh, in many ways, it has rigidity like plastic so that it can stand up uh, and so that it can contain uh, a liquid like water. But um, uh, the the manufacturing process is such that uh, the raw material uh, and uh, some of the patented methods that we have relative to manufacturability, uh, create a better outcome, uh, meaning that uh, overall less energy is used and less waste is created.
0: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that your raw materials are um, byproducts, agricultural byproducts that might otherwise be wasted. Uh, how do you source those and, and where do you find those?
2: Well, bamboo is uh, is produced in many areas of the world. Sugar cane, of course, down in the in the Caribbean um, predominantly, but also elsewhere. Bamboo is uh, from Thailand and, and other parts of Asia. Uh, wheat and wheat straw, um, it's in the U.S. Uh, as well as many other parts of the world. So it's a matter of finding uh, cost-effective ways of uh, co-location with uh, availability of, of raw material.
4: Mm -hmm. There are many constraints
2: around that, but it's a matter of moving product, raw material from where it's created to where we need it in a cost-effective way.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have so much more to talk about uh, with the co-founders of Paper Water Bottle. If you want to check out their website while you're listening to to our commercials, open up a new tab in your web browser and go to paperwaterbottle.com. Don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this.
1: your world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com.
0: Up Close with Chris Stinney is now on Voice America Variety, every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Chris brings you the thought leaders, activists, and socially responsible entrepreneurs taking action for the environment, doing business in a new way, and helping the underprivileged. Call in or listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and learn how the small decisions you make today have a big impact on our small planet in the future. Tune in to Up Close with Chris Tenney on the Voice America
4: Variety Channel.
0: Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could all join us. In case you're just tuning in, let me catch you up. Um, Our topic today is a brand new alternative to plastic beverage containers, and it's a company called Paper Water Bottle. You can check them out at www.paperwaterbottle.com. And we have the co-founders on today, Dan Doster and Jim Warner, and we're talking about their product. And, you know, Dan, one of the things that really stood out to me amongst your many certifications to include the BPI certification for compostability was that your products are non-GMO verified, Um, and I think that is really something. I I typically see that label on products that are ingestible, and so I want to ask you why you sought out that certification in particular.
2: Well, there's still a lot unknown about the impact of GMO, and so... uh, we feel like uh, while we've got a choice, and we do have a choice given the raw materials that we use, um, since we have that choice, we'd rather uh, choose something non-GMO um, to the extent that at some future point uh, more clarity is created. Um, then, uh, then there's always uh, opportunity to move to something else. But at this point, um, given that our really the foundational piece of our company is we want to help save our planet, and that seems like a lofty goal, I'm sure, to some. But it's it's truly what we the way we think about what we do, and so uh, non-GMO gives us uh, it gives us alignment to to our core vision and our core mission. So that that's the reason that we pursue it that way.
0: Well, and I love it because you know, as many producers of materials uh, will know you know the the farmers and the the people who are you know creating your raw materials or gathering your raw materials a lot of them have struggled with you know can I grow things in a non-gmo way and still be able to sell my products and profit from that can I withstand the pressure uh, from the other side of the house to remain non-gmo and you know Making that part of your supply chain is an important part of supporting, you know, those agricultural industries who want to stay non-GMO. So uh, for all of those who are supportive of non-GMO products, we thank you for that. Jim, you know, if you look closely at the labels for plastic beverage containers, you'll see a warning that they should not be reused. And I've always wondered, why is that? What's the danger of reusing a plastic beverage container?
3: well reusing uh plastic containers is it kind of defines what it is it, it 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 can be kept it can keep being used again and again uh and when something like that is done if you, you know there's there's some real potential issues around incompatibility with contents uh there can be what you think is cleaning it you rinse it with water and put something back in. There can be bacterial microbial issues in there that when ingested uh, you know can create a, a reaction or a sickness um, and or worse so most people in mo in common conditions do not have the ability to uh, act you know to precisely sterilize a containment you know, you know we don't have uh, equipment in our in our homes to do that, so usually it's Rinse it, and then try to use it again. And the the reality of it is, be it plastic or anything, there's a potential for contamination and for bacterial growth that you don't want to get involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's that simple. And then again, if you if you continue to use it, you don't know exactly what's in it. The incompatibilities could be worse than just having a a sickness or a reaction.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and and I know, you know, for years since we were kids in school, and I know kids in school now hear this a lot, they hear reduce, reuse, recycle. So, you know, if if you can't reuse a plastic beverage container, then of course we want to recycle them. But, um, you know, I, I'm really interested in what actually happens to plastic bottles in the recycling process. Can you talk to us about that? And is it an energy-intensive process? I mean, what other resources are we consuming by recycling these? And and I'm all for recycling, but talk to us about, you know, the plastic bottle recycling process.
3: Yeah, it it is a a good thing to do, um, certainly, but it's a loud and messy and energy-intensive process. You have to have a facility that intakes a lot of the materials. There's a lot of heavy equipment that does a lot of chopping and grinding. Then there's the separation that can be from screens, from uh, putting it into liquid and enabling materials to settle at different rates, and then they're filtered out. I mean, it's a very kind of, you know, to see it, it's not a it's not a clean room environment. It, it's almost like a like a junkyard where things are happening and there's noise and, and a lot of equipment, a lot of energy is used, a lot of water is used. And at the end of the day, what you're, what you're, what you end up doing is creating little plastic pieces
4: mm-hmm. that then
3: need to be shipped somewhere to be ground into pellets to then be heated and then be utilized in the production of containments, uh, and at different levels, whether it's as a secondary post-consumer uh, inclusion into polymers for non-food or then at the fillers. And then uh, if it's un- unusable, it'll end up, end up in a, a landfill. So the process itself is energy-intensive to then re you know reinstitute it into the process of manufacturing again.
0: Mm-hmm. And give it really, a useful life.
3: Well, its useful life is to then be made into the thing that then has to be recycled again so you go through the system and cycle all over again. Mm -hmm. And if you bypass it, it ends up being put into a landfill and it will sit there for upwards of, you know, eight decades or more before it degrades.
0: Well, and the thing is, you know, again, we look to this reduce, reuse, recycle model. Um, you know, if plastic beverage containers were our only alternative and we can't reuse them, then recycling is a great option. And we want to do that whenever we see plastic that can be recycled. But, you know, you guys have brought us an alternative now. And I want to talk to you about that, Dan. You know, we have all seen the end of life of a plastic water bottle or plastic beverage container that wasn't recycled. We've seen it end up in you know these big uh, patches of waste in the Pacific and the Atlantic Oceans. It's just shocking to see those garbage patches and how much plastic is actually part of that you know, that shocking picture that we've all seen somewhere on the internet or on National Geographic. So let's talk about the end of life of your products as an as a alternative. Um, what happens to them when consumers are finished drinking out of them?
2: Well, it's... Um, uh, th- there is a process of disposal and uh, our, our bottle, the paper water bottle, uh, has an outer shell made of pulp. And, 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 and then in multiple phases, we have to begin where we are and move towards our goal of, and our vision of fully uh, uh, compostable. So the outer shell is compostable uh, from, uh, from the beginning. Uh, the inner barrier that holds the water in is, uh, is made of a very lightweight polymer in our first initial phase and as we go towards uh, kind of the, uh, of the future, uh, we, we are aiming towards something where there's no polymer or very, very slight amount of polymer. So um, in all cases, uh, the vast majority of the paper water bottle is uh, compostable. We call it backyard compostable, uh, which is to say the end of life uh, of a paper water bottle uh, is to uh, end up uh, in a compost heap where it can be uh, ground back in and, and put back into the soil and reused. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it does end up in a landfill, it, it can decompose there. If it ends up in the ocean, it can decompose there. So in, in all cases, uh, the goal of paper water bottle is to end up uh, with something that is fully compostable uh, and, and therefore better, uh, a better outcome uh, for the earth.
0: Right. Well, and that's kind of the the whole idea of the circular economy that at the end of one use of a material, it can become the raw material of something else. And when you compost things, well, then the very fibers that you're using to make it can be you know fertilized with that compost and grown again um, and we create the circular economy but Jim in communities where there are no municipal composting facilities and the housing density is too high for backyard composting talk to us about what advantage there would be in having paper water water bottles available.
3: Well, it's a it's a tremendous opportunity. I mean, obviously, in a in a dense urban environment, you know, you don't have the luxury of space. Um, You do need to cart it. You know, today's day and age, it's carted away through trucks or barges and other things. Paper water bottle would enable you in a small space to be able to, uh, you know, have it in a in a. Located area, whether it be in a community uh, yard area or even a community garden uh, and be able to uh place it in there and enable it to then degrade over a short period of time to be become then uh soil or or filler for um uh you know gardening city gardens or or um uh, other planted materials and you know it brings to mind you know my uh my grandfather used to uh, I grew up in the in the northeast area in Boston and uh, you know, we were in the city and he would he came from the old school. He was back from Ireland and a farmer and he used to dig holes and put all, of all put all of our uh, materials and paper materials, pulp like materials into that hole and the coming year uh, he would then take that material and that would become uh, the soil used for gardening or bring it around to people 's little front lawns or little uh, wooded areas, so it's the it 's you know the kind of mentality that uh, is is very prevalent even today a very small area and a multitude of people doing that uh, can provide a, a tremendous uh, benefit and it takes off the onus of having to cart and ship material somewhere else to someone else 's environment. To then be put into a hole and uh, and filled over and wait to decompose.
0: Well, and you said a mouthful there. I know in the Northeast, you know, because of the population density, you've got big urban areas shipping their waste materials all over the place and even if there are materials they could recover like compostables, they're not seeing the benefit of that locally. I mean it's it's all going elsewhere and so Mm -hmm. if you've got those local composting or even anaerobic digesters um, that can give either local energy or local compost back to the community that's a really good thing. We've got to take a quick commercial break but when we come back we'll have much more with the co-founders of Paper Water Bottle. So don't go away folks, there's more Go Green Radio right after this.
1: News. you? World. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time, the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host Jill Buck.
0: Welcome back to Go Green Radio. I'm so glad that you all joined us. In case you just tuned in, I'll catch you up. We're talking about Paper Water Bottle. It's a new company. You can find them at paperwaterbottle.com. And this is an alternative to plastic beverage containers and that's what they've created that's compostable their raw materials are made of agricultural secondaries which means they're not just you know growing uh crops in what should have been a food you know growing area they're they're gathering agricultural seconds that are non-gmo verified and creating this amazing alternative to plastic um so, Dan, uh, you know, are there any limitations to the type of liquids that could be contained in your products? I am a soccer mom. I have taken, you know, containers of every kind in coolers to, you know, games and, you know, in all kinds of environments. Can your products hold, you know, alcohol? Can they hold coffee, soft drinks, highly citric lemonade, etc.? And And is the shelf life similar to a plastic beverage container?
2: Well, so as it, as it relates to liquid uh, content, it can, it can hold, a paper water bottle can hold anything that, uh, that other types of containers can hold. So it's pretty broad. Um, we do have a number of patents um, and patents that are pending relative to the vast um, uh, alternative uh, types of, of uh, liquid that might go into a paper water bottle. And mm-hmm. so it's far more than just uh, a water bottle. Uh, but that uh, seemed to be the quickest and easiest, and most memorable way to speak about um, about what we're doing. As it relates to shelf life, it will be um, uh, similar, same. We believe to um, other types of liquid containment. So we, we believe that we have something that uh, is is the same in all the functional ways, but better in terms of um, the source of the material that's used and the destination of the material after uh, the product is used. So mm-hmm. we think it's the best of both worlds. Um, and uh, and so we look forward to uh, really proving that out uh, over the course of time.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, another question for you. Coca-Cola um, has devoted a lot of real estate on their website talking about their plant-based bottles. Um, But even when you look at the frequently asked questions section, they're still made of PET plastic. Um, There's just another component that they're, you know, adding that used to be all plastic, and now they've been able to put some organic materials into that. But at the end of the day, it's still PET plastic. And they've invested a lot of money in developing these new bottles. Why aren't they looking into fibers like the ones you're using?
2: Well, I I think it's relatively common that um, uh, significant innovations of all types, uh, certainly in packaged material, um, oftentimes innovations occur with small companies. Uh, we don't have um, a fixed cost or an embedded cost associated with the way we've always done it because, uh, because we're just beginning. And so larger players, not just Coca-Cola, but many larger players, have, uh, I'll call it the burden of the way they have invested in the past. Mm-hmm. And so they've got to see their way through uh, with the current approaches that they take. They have a lot of money invested in that approach. So um, small companies like ours, Paper Water Bottle, has a chance to strike out in a new direction without that, uh, we'll call it a burden. Um, And so, you know, the the obvious uh, follow-on to that, I think, is, uh, okay, so little guys end up being bought by big guys. And so I don't mind saying um, Jim and I are not doing it for that reason. Uh, we want to help save our planet, and and that's our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, our goal is to take the product, uh, the paper water bottle, into the market, have it have the desired impact, which is uh, renewable resource, uh, compostable outcome, and and do something worth doing. Uh, which means it's really not about the money; mm-hmm. it's about doing something helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's terrific. You know, one of the things that a lot of people, and I know that I'm not the only mom that is worried about this, and... and Plastics have been problematic with heat. Like, for instance, we learned don't put plastic wrap over anything that you are going to put in the microwave. Um, you don't want to microwave you know, food in a plastic container because there are elements in that plastic that could leach out and, and be toxic and unhealthy um, if they're exposed to heat. And I've always wondered about plastic beverage containers. If they, you know, if they sit in a hot car or if they sit in the sun at a barbecue... I always am concerned about if the plastic or any of the you know materials chemicals in those plastic beverage containers could leach into the liquid and and you know create a health concern um, for people who might ingest the liquid afterwards. Is there anything, Jim, in your products that could leach into the liquid and prove toxic to consumers? Well,
3: uh, no, not really at all. Um, again, the paradigm shift that we've made in paper water bottle from a package standpoint is the predominant material is pulp. That provides its structure. It also provides a thermal barrier. So the only uh, polymer-type material that's used is only for barriers. So there really is not material enough to 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 have any kind of leaching effect. And it's a Compostable material and it's safe. So there really is no chance for heat to adversely affect it. And as a matter of fact, paper water bottles, I said, has the thermal property unlike a plastic, uh, traditional plastic containment. So we can actually, uh, prevent, uh, what's known as heat loss and gain, uh, from happening. So we can actually help protect it. And Mm -hmm. there's even some things we're doing in, um, and my my Boston accent will come out, but smart labeling um, <laughs> I can't say it any other way. Uh, where we can we can start to uh, utilize uh, labelings to help us identify if things are happening or conditions are not appropriate. So even in the worst case scenario, if something was to go wrong, we can actually help communicate that, and that's some of the some of the future things that we're actually uh, looking into.
0: That is very exciting. I can I can imagine your smart labeling out in the parking lot if you're tailgating <laughs> at the game. That's I love it. I love Next it.
3: Next to Havid Yad, yeah, yes. Next
0: to Havid Yad. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, Dan, you know, let's talk about cold temperatures. You know, when I'm imagining putting something made of pulp or paper into my cooler, I am worried that the fiber might break down in the icy water. So, talk to us about how your product performs in cold temperatures and, you you know, if we can put it in the cooler, how long will it stay cold? And can I put your product in the freezer if I want to make the liquid a little slushy? Talk to us about cold temperature impact.
2: Absolutely. Well, uh, as Jim said, uh, its uh, thermal properties are, have the same positive effect uh, on keeping something cold that's cold uh, as as uh, as the alternative with hot. So, the I guess the key piece here is when because we've chosen to call the product a paper water bottle, what comes to your mind is a piece of paper and as we said earlier it's it's not really paper, it's pulp and and as a result of that, it's hardened pulp so, uh, so it can easily withstand splashes of water it can withstand uh, uh, being up against ice sitting in a cooler, it can withstand uh, laying in the bottom of the cooler all day at the beach for example uh, we are are now testing. Well, what is the extent to that? We believe it. it you probably aren't going to want to leave it uh, for a day or two laying in water. It will begin uh, to to degrade, which is what we want it to do. So,
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, so it's a matter of uh, for as you mentioned, uh, Joe, going to the to the soccer mom activity. <laughs> uh, right. It, it will easily last the duration of a soccer game, and and the kids will have something nice uh, and cold to drink at the end. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we can accomplish that uh, with the paper water bottle.
0: I love Certainly. it now, as you can probably tell, you know here on Go Green Radio, we're not just concerned with how green a product is. We want, want we want green products that perform just as well and hopefully better than more toxic products. I mean, we really want quality, not just, compostability. And you know, I'm I'm trying to imagine what it would feel like to put your product up to my lips and and drink from it. You know, I'm used to the way a plastic beverage container feels. I'm used to the way, you know, a reusable cup or mug feels. And if our customers And our our consumers and our listeners want to get some idea of what that experience is like and they want to get their hands on one of your products so that they can start a letter writing campaign to you know their favorite beverage companies coca-cola pepsi-cola and say please use these containers instead of plastic how can they do that how can we get our hands on your product
2: well, thank you for asking. Uh, the, the best way is to uh, keep up with us on, um, on our website, paperwaterbottle.com, or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we uh, try to keep everybody updated, all of our followers updated, on uh, the various activities associated with our product. Um, we are um, uh, at, the, at the beginning stages of having enough quantity of our products to uh, provide them, uh so that uh, others can can hold them in their hands i'm i'm holding one in my hand right now a paper water bottle and uh it's uh it's actually as good as what you're probably thinking of right now what would it feel like to be holding a paper water bottle and it's mm-hmm. and it uh, it's uh it feels exactly the way you you probably are imagining that it's uh uh it's something that's compostable you know it came from a good place you know it'll compost when you're done and uh, and so and it contains uh, liquid that'll taste just like uh, the liquid that you're accustomed to drinking out of a, a, a liquid containment of some other uh, material. So the best way uh, to support and help and track is to be aware of our social media for tracking our progress. And as soon as we're able uh, to uh, provide uh, samples. Um, letting us know you're interested uh, will give us a way to contact you and your listeners and uh, make them available to you because we think this is important work and we're excited about it and we think that uh, we believe and hope that, that you'll be excited too uh, when we're uh, fully in the market.
0: Cool. I'm so excited for you guys. This is such a such an innovation, such a disruption. I love it. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we've got more with Dan and Jim. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this.
1: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. About Covanta Energy, visit us today at
5: www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves.
0: Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Thrilled to have you all joining us. Would be thrilled to have you all join in the conversation. You know, we tweet while we're doing this. And so if you want to join in, you can follow me at at Jill Buck. That's J-I-L-L-B-U-C-K. And get involved in the conversation. You can also send me an email anytime. Follow up um, with me or with our guests. And you can reach me at gogreenradio at gmail.com. Would love to have you guys engage with me. Um, so, Dan... Here's a question for you because I know that you're a brand new company and there's a lot of investment that you're making into your process and your products and your sourcing and your supply chain and what have you. But every once in a while, we also have beverage companies you know, coming on Go Green Radio and talking about their new beverage products, which are eco-friendly, and they may be looking for a packaging solution. So how do your products compare on price with plastic? Are your products a viable financial option for for beverage companies that are on a strict packaging budget?
2: Absolutely. Uh, our, our target is to, uh, on a per unit basis, to be at parity cost for uh, a bottler. Uh, and at the same time, we try to, try to take a bigger, wider view, call it total cost of ownership, meaning from beginning to end. And because, um, as I've shared with you, our, our mission is to be part of helping save our planet. It's... it's. Um, it's important to take that wider view and say, from energy consumption to getting raw materials to our location to um, composting at the end. If you take the broadest possible view, we believe we we are better. We know that we're better, lower cost um, on an economic from an economic position. And so, part of being involved in the wider view is really. Um, But we, unlike most packaging companies, we uh, have both a design group and a manufacturing group. So there are many uh, potential designers of organic material. There are many potential manufacturers. Uh, We're one of very few that actually do both. We do both because we think it's important to be able to knit together the strengths of design and work it into manufacturing. Um, I'll just share that um, uh, we were meeting with one of our potential suppliers, and explaining to them um, uh, the paper water bottle, and the CEO of that of that supplier, he just uh, he sat there uh, in utter amazement, and the only words that came out of his mouth were, "It's it's genius,"
4: <laughs> and
2: and, and we, we got really excited because we we thought it was special, uh, but to have uh, a significant supplier uh, be able to catch the vision of design. And manufacture of something that on the larger scheme uh, can have a lower cost of of, of full stream cost of ownership uh, and truly help the planet help save our planet it it uh, you stitch all that together, and that really uh, was a telling response to just say it's genius
4: hmm, I we're,
2: love it we're, we're thrilled to be working on it and and we think uh, beverage manufacturers and bottlers really going to resonate to uh, trying to bring this to consumers, and consumers, we think, are going to find it to be a wonderful choice.
0: I'm excited. This is really great. Jim, you know, lately I've been seeing cartons uh, being used for not just school lunch milk. I've seen water, juice, believe it or not, even wine in cartons. (laughs) How Mm -hmm. does your product compare to those?
3: Well, we you have to hold it up to the
0: beverage containers if they, you know, if they sit in a hot car or if they sit in the sun at a barbecue. I always am concerned about if the plastic or any of the you know materials chemicals in those plastic beverage containers could leach into the liquid and and you know create a health concern um, for people who might ingest the liquid afterwards. Is there anything, Jim, in your products that could leach into the liquid and? prove toxic to consumers?
3: Well, uh, no, not really at all. Um, again, the paradigm shift that we've made in paper water bottle from a package standpoint is the predominant material is pulp. That provides its structure. It also provides a thermal barrier. So the only uh Polymer type material that's used is only for barriers, so there really is not material enough to, to, to have any kind of leaching effect, and it's a compostable material, and it's safe, so there really is no chance for heat to adversely affect it, and as a matter of fact, paper water bottles, as I said, has the thermal property, unlike a plastic, uh, traditional plastic containment, so we can actually uh, prevent, uh, what's known as heat loss and gain, uh, from happening so we can actually help protect it. And mm-hmm. th- there's even some things we're doing in um, and my, my Boston accent will come out, but smart labeling, um, <laughs> I can't say it any other way, uh, where we can, we can start to uh, utilize uh, labelings to help us identify if things are happening or conditions are not appropriate. So even in the worst case scenario, if something was to go wrong, we can actually help communicate that. And that's some of the, some of the future things that we're actually uh, looking into.
0: That is very exciting. I can I can imagine your smart labeling out in the parking <laughs> lot if you're tailgating at the game. That's I love it. I love Next it. To
3: have it Yad, yes. Next to Havid Yad, yeah.
0: Next to Havid Yad. That's right. <laughs> so, Dan, you know, let's talk about cold temperatures. You know, when I'm imagining putting something made of pulp or paper into my cooler, I am worried that the fiber might break down in the icy water. So, talk to us about how your product performs in cold temperatures and, you know, if we can put it in the cooler how long will it stay cold and can I put your product in the freezer if I want to make the liquid a little slushy talk to us about cold temperature impact
2: absolutely well uh, as Jim said uh, it's uh, thermal properties are have the same positive effect uh, on keeping something cold that's cold uh, as as, uh, as the alternative with hot so the I guess the key piece here is when because we've Chosen to call the product a paper water bottle, what comes to your mind is a piece of paper, and as we said earlier, it's it's not really paper; it's pulp, and and as a result of that, it's hardened pulp. So, uh, so it can easily withstand splashes of water. It can withstand uh, uh, being up against ice, sitting in a cooler. It can withstand uh, laying in the bottom of the cooler all day at the beach, for example. Um, we are are now testing, well, what is the extent to that? We believe it, it you probably aren't going to want to leave it uh, for a day or two laying in water. It will begin uh, to, to degrade, which is what we want it to do. So,
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, so it's a matter of, uh, for, as you mentioned, uh, Joe, going to the, to the soccer mom activity. <laughs> uh, right. it, it will easily last the duration of a soccer game and, and the kids will have something nice uh, and cold to drink at the end. So, mm-hmm. Um We can accomplish that uh, with the paper water bottle.
0: I love Certainly. it now, as you can probably tell, you know here on go green radio we're not just concerned with how green a product is we want want we want green products that perform just as well and hopefully better than more toxic products. I mean, we really want quality, not just compostability. And you know, I'm I'm trying to imagine what it would feel like to put your product up to my lips and and drink from it. You know, I'm used to the way a plastic beverage container feels. I'm used to the way, you know, a reusable cup or mug feels. And if our customers And our our consumers and our listeners want to get some idea of what that experience is like. And they want to get their hands on one of your products so that they can start a letter writing campaign to, you know, their favorite beverage companies, Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, and say, please use these containers instead of plastic. How can they do that? How can we get our hands on your product?
2: Well, thank you for asking. Uh, the, the best way is to uh, keep up with us on, um, on our website, paperwaterbottle.com, or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we uh, try to keep everybody updated, all of our followers updated, on uh, the various activities associated with our product. Um, we are um, uh, at, the, at the beginning stages of having enough quantity of our products to uh, provide them, uh, so that uh, others can can hold them in their hands. I'm I'm holding one in my hand right now, a paper water bottle, and uh, it's uh, it's actually as good as what you're probably thinking of right now. What would it feel like to be holding a paper water bottle? And it mm-hmm. and it uh, it's, uh, it feels exactly the way you you probably are imagining that it's uh, uh, it's something that's compostable. You know, it came from a good place. You know, it'll compost when you're done. And, uh, and, so, and it contains uh, liquid that will taste just like uh, the liquid that you're accustomed to drinking out of a, a, a liquid containment of some other uh, material. So the best way uh, to support and help and track is to be aware of our social media for tracking our progress. And as soon as we're able uh, to uh, provide uh, samples, um, letting us know you're interested uh, will give us a way to contact you and your listeners and uh, make them available to you because we think this is important work and we're excited about it and we think that uh, we believe and hope that, that you'll be excited too uh, when we're uh, fully in the market.
0: Cool. I'm so excited for you guys. This is such, a, such an innovation, such a disruption. I love it. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we've got more with Dan and Jim. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this.
1: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. About Covanta Energy, visit us today at
5: www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves.
0: Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Thrilled to have you all joining us. Would be thrilled to have you all join in the conversation. You know, we tweet while we're doing this. And so if you want to join in, you can follow me at at Jill Buck. That's J-I-L-L-B-U-C-K. And get involved in the conversation. You can also send me an email anytime. Follow up um, with me or with our guests. And you can reach me at gogreenradio at gmail.com. Would love to have you guys engage with me. Um, So, Dan... Here's a question for you, because I know that you're a brand new company and there's a lot of investment that you're making into your process and your products and your sourcing and your supply chain and what have you. But every once in a while, we also have beverage companies, you know, coming on Go Green Radio and talking about their new beverage products, which are eco-friendly, and they may be looking for a packaging solution. So how do your products compare on price with plastic? Are your products a viable financial option for beverage companies that are on a strict packaging budget?
3: Absolutely.
2: Uh, Our our target is to, uh, on a per unit basis, to be at parity cost for uh, a bottler. Uh, And at the same time, we try try to take a bigger, wider view call it total cost of ownership, meaning from beginning to end, and because, um, as I've shared with you, our, our mission is to be part of helping save our planet, it's, it's, um, it's important to take that wider view and say from energy consumption to getting uh, raw materials to our location to um, composting at the end if you take the broadest possible view we believe we we are better we know that we're better lower cost um, on an economic from an economic position and so part of being involved in the wider view is really but um, we unlike most packaging companies we uh, have both a design group and a manufacturing group so there are many uh, potential designers of organic material there are many potential manufacturers uh, we're one of very few that actually do both. We do both because we think it's important to be able to knit together the strengths of design and work it into manufacturing. Um, I'll just share that um, uh, we were meeting with one of our potential suppliers and explaining to them um, uh, the paper water bottle, and the CEO of that, of that supplier he just uh, he sat there uh, in utter amazement, and the only words that came out of his mouth were, "It's it's genius," and <laughs> and, and we we got really excited because we we thought it was special, uh, but to have uh, a significant supplier uh, be able to catch the vision of design and manufacture of something that on the larger scheme uh, can have a lower cost of 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 full-stream cost of ownership uh, and truly help the planet, help save our planet, uh, you stitch all that together, and that really uh, was a telling response to just say it's genius. Hmm, I love it. We're we're thrilled to be working on it, and and we think uh, beverage manufacturers and bottlers are really going to resonate to uh, trying to bring this to consumers, and consumers, we think, are going to find it to be a wonderful choice.
0: I'm excited. This is really great, Jim. You know, lately I've been seeing cartons uh, being used for not just school lunch milk. I've seen water, juice. Believe it or not, even wine in cartons. <laughs> How mm-hmm. does your product compare to those?
3: Well, we you have to hold it up to the rigors of, of analysis and review. And what we do is we deconstruct things. And, and the reality of it is, most of those uh, those you know. Uh, a wine box for instance is really heavily laminated paperboard, and it has foil in it, it has rubber and plastic parts, it might have metal components to it as well and it uses inks that aren't really eco-friendly and if you compare that to what we're doing where you can deconstruct our entire package component trees and we're all compostable. We have a compostable shell the interior barriers of different le- of, of different levels of compostability, even the labeling material, the inks are organic and natural, and any of the adhesives that are required to uh, to hold this all together are compostable as well, and even the cap. We have, a, wow. under the uh, many patents that we have, we have a pulp cap enclosure as well. So uh, really cartons are kind of sort of paper, but that's only a part of them. There's a lot of other materials inherent in them that really don't let them be paper or cardboard, uh, and ours truly is.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: The, well, the, the key, I'm sorry, the key piece, Jill, that threads through the shell, the labels, the inks, the adhesive, the cap, and we call it paper water bottle technology, and it's, it's kind of grounded in our, in our 16 patents and patent pending. It's mm-hmm. the way that we thread the way we think about designing and manufacturing products—it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's different because it's different from the inside. It's different. It's a different approach. It's a different way to innovate. It's a different way to think about what we're doing. It's not just an incremental change. It's—it's com- it's, it's a completely disruptive approach. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm and I love complete disruption I really do I'm a big fan Mm -hmm. of complete disruption so I think this is an exciting you know place for you guys to be and I'm excited to be here at the very genesis of what I think is going to be a great revolution in in um, in packaging and so I'm excited to have you guys on and I think you know one of the things I want my listeners to take away from this is this is not just a waste management issue I mean yes um, what we're seeing right now in the beverage container industry is a waste management issue. We're seeing you know, only, well, less than a third of plastic you know, beverage containers being recycled. I can't think of anything sadder than working for a company um, who creates these and then seeing a picture of your product either floating in the ocean, in a garbage patch or in a landfill. I just, I think that's got to be a sad, sad day because nobody wants to see their labels and their product end up harming the earth and so you provide an alternative to that. But You know, as we've been talking about, there's a lot of energy, and a lot of times that energy is not renewable energy. Oftentimes, the energy involved in uh, bringing together the source materials, the manufacturing process, um, and the recycling process of these alternative beverage containers is fossil fuel energy and even if that's natural gas that's just cleaner it's not clean energy and so it, it, these energy intensive processes are also problematic when we're looking at uh Packaging and beverage containers, and that's something that your company is reducing as well. So, um, you know, that, that to me is very, very exciting. There's this life cycle of, of savings, not just of materials and, and waste, um, but also in energy, and that's going to become more critically important as the years go by. You know, Jim, I saw on your website that you all have won some awards in the packaging industry. I'd love for you to tell us about those awards and how those might translate into beverage makers adopting your product.
3: Well, I mean, being recognized and, and being uh, appreciated for what you do makes makes whatever you do satisfying. And we certainly have had uh, many, many different awards. We we got the number a couple of years back. We got an uh, award for the next big, thing award recognition for innovation and in packaging from the country of Australia we won its top prize for an environmentally friendly and conscientious package and paper water bottle won that on the same token we've been awarded as Dan has alluded to upwards of 16 patents with many more pending that's another kind of award a recognition of doing something that is unique and different and powerful But I'd like to add in one of the most important types of awards we get is how people respond to it. And this is in real instances where we'll get letters from kids in the third and the fourth grade that will ask for samples. And they want a Mm -hmm. sample because their class project is to define what the world should be when you grow up. And they write to us and say they want to have a paper water bottle in their world because they say that's what the world should be. And I love that. That's the kind of award you get that you just, you know, you're actually helping to save the planet and, and encouraging and enlightening, inspiring kids. It's amazing.
0: Yep. Kids, I'll tell you, that's uh, when the future <laughs> sees the future in your product. That's a big endorsement. Well, it's been Absolutely. a pleasure having you on, and it's been a pleasure having our listeners on board with us as well. We'll be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green.